Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Rewind, where we rewind the latest in entertainment and pop culture news. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. Um, there's a lot to get to. I, I, I think, I don't know of a good name for this one. Maybe the one where we catch up on To Be Continued. As I sent you the list, well, first of all, let me start over. How have you been, Tammy? I feel rude, just, you know. I'm good. I mean, you know, um, our democracy is going down um, in a fire basket uh, to hell. But other than that, I'm good. It's a shitstorm. It's a shitstorm. Absolutely shitstorm. It's it's appropriate that you bring that up. Um, As I sent (laughs) you the news list. Um, I, I know the list that you gave me, and I, I we are getting to that. And I just wanted to say really, really quick, um, I, I, I know we try to stay away from the politics of it all, but sometimes um, the, the decisions, the things that happen are just so far reaching that you can't, you can't help but to talk about it. And so um, I know, and this is a to be continued that we're picking up. Um, Really quick, let's just start with this because I don't, I definitely don't want to end with this shit, but let's just get this over with. So, you know, um, the Supreme Court, they officially, um, even after the leak, and people thought that, hey, maybe, you know, maybe they would see all the polls and everything. They would see the error of their ways. No, the Supreme Court let their decision stand and they officially overturned Roe. Um, and, you know, and to add on top of that, so they overturned Roe on a 6-3. And of course, guess who added to that shitstorm by writing their own concurring opinion? Clarence Thomas. How'd you know? Uncle Clarence, girl. You know what Uncle Clarence said? That he's going off their same-sex marriage next? Yeah, so he says, um, you know, the fears of the LGBT community, we, we, we talked about this, um, He's going after same-sex marriage. Of course, he wouldn't go after interracial marriage, although he might because his wife um, happens to be white. What do you call it when two demons spawn, Mary? <gasps> Are you calling them demons? I am. It's appropriate. Um, but he's not only going after same-sex marriage. He's going after contraception. Um, so, Are they yeah. going to go after Viagra and... Um... Condoms and all. Condoms and everything then? Or is it just the pill? Probably just the things that affect women and our reproductive rights and our bodies and the right for us to choose. So yeah, they're trying to push us back to the 50s and the shit storm. But that's not it. So the Roe thing was not unexpected because you kind of knew it was coming. But I don't, there are some other decisions that people really need to take to pay attention to. Um, They basically struck down Miranda. Um, they're saying it, it's not a full strike, um, but they're saying that you cannot sue a police officer if they don't Mirandize you, which is a very, very slippery slope. Um, and so there, there's a difference, you know, people get tricky. And so all I'm going to say is if you are ever taken in for questioning from the police, just ask for a lawyer. That is it. Don't uh, like like we tell people all the time. Don't try to outsmart the system. Don't try to talk yourself out of anything. Do not say anything because technically they only have to Mirandize you if they arrest you, not if they just take you in for questioning or if you voluntarily go voluntarily go down to the police station and at, and start talking. So um, that that's a strike against civil rights. 
Um, they struck down New York State's handgun, um, concealed handgun law. New York had some of the most restrictive laws in the country, which did a great job because you rarely, if ever, heard about mass shootings. Well, there was the one in Buffalo. But, you know, New York was considered to be one of the safest states for that. So it goes back to, okay, what happened to states' rights and the states having the right to decide for themselves, you know. Um, they also took a strike at the separation of church and state by saying that um, public funds now have to be used for private religious school tuition. Um, so this court, we've had some strange courts. We've had some strict courts. We've had some courts that have made very, very bad decisions before. Um, but I think this is probably going to go down as one of the most dangerous, uh, most extreme um, versions of the Supreme Court. And Biden needs to extend the court, not for political purposes, but to actually save this fucking democracy. Considering that federal judges, especially Supreme Court judges, are voted in for life, and most of these motherfuckers that were just basically uh, stolen into the court are young as hell. Um, something's got to be done because they are, they're not ruling on precedent. Roe is a precedent. Uh, Miranda is a precedent. Separation of church and state is, not, is the heart of the First Amendment and co the Constitution as founded by the founding fathers. Um, states' rights for strict constructionists as most of them claim they are. That's something that they've always been. So this court is systematically helping to dismantle the democracy. So that is me on my soapbox. Um, that is me saying that something has got to be done or we will not recognize this. Like you said, this country is about to burn. You got anything to add to that? No, I think you summed it up. So... Yeah, um, we can add that to to be continued because you know the demon and his uh, his wife they're going to be in the news a lot, especially the more it comes out about her January sixth. Um, the court isn't going anywhere anytime soon, um, and I'm sure they're going to do things to continue to chip away at their own legitimacy. So we'll see what happens. Um, also, in to be continued, uh, Bill Cosby was found guilty of a sexual assault that took place um, in, at the Playboy Mansion in 1972. And the survivor, I won't call her a victim, but the survivor was awarded $500,000. Um, what do you think about that one? What do you mean? I, I just mean, does, I'm not going to say does it, but and it, does it? Well, I mean, matter to who? Um my opinion is already set on who Bill Cosby is. So, you know, it just solidifies the opinion that I already had of him. That he's trash? Beyond trash? That he is a... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've used up your bad words for today. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to go along. Yes, he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he he is and he's not the only one as I was as, like I said I don't really have much to add because we've talked about this and I don't think it did anything to change our opinion of Bill Cosby um his, his conviction was overturned on a technicality which I think was uh bought and paid for like it was a very very thin sliver of a technicality that they overturned that decision 
Um, so, you know, he was not found innocent. It, he was not exonerated. He just got out through a loophole in the law. Um, but um, I, I was like, why was it so low? Because $500,000, you know, it's a lot of money, but compared to what that person has gone through and had to live with, you know, but I was also thinking, uh, damn, if the Pulaws of the Playboy Mansion could talk in that grotto, especially um, back in the heyday, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even the early 2000s, um, when they were still having all those parties there. Uh, think of how many careers, life, and empires would be brought down by what went, what happened at that mansion. Um, so yeah, it 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 doesn't add, you know. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he, uh, we talked about him in our last episode. Um, he has since settled twenty of the of the twenty four cases around him um, or surrounding him. Um, I guess he's trying to clear his slate before the season starts, but or before the uh, football season starts. But um, the damage has already been done. There's no unringing that bell. There's no going back to it, um, to who people thought you were before. There's no getting that back. Um, no matter no matter how many cases you settle, it will always be out there. I have no opinion in Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I've already said it. I, I I've said it the multiple times that we talked about him. So knowing that he settled these cases, I'm just like, I'm sure it's over 60 women. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, The 20, the 24 cases, I agree with you. And the only thing is we've said it too. It's good to see where the NFL draws the line. And, and I guess today's the day for comp for me having complex feelings about the subjects that we're talking about, because I am an NFL fan. And when I watch it, I try to just keep my, my personal feelings about out of it and just watch for my love of football, um, the love of the sport, the love of some of the players who play the sport. Um, because the NFL itself as an institution, as a business, as a corporation is trash. Um, so, you know, you draw the line at someone standing up for civil rights, but not at, a, at someone assault, sexually assaulting or being accused of sexual assault of over 60 women. Um, you know, that, that to me makes absolutely no fucking sense, but it is what it is. Um, also in our to be continued, uh, Ezra Miller, DC, Warner Brothers, the new Warner Brothers chief has inherited one hell of a problem when it comes to Ezra Miller. Um, and just when you think it can't get any worse, something worse comes out, um, every week there's something new, um, out about Ezra Miller and I guess their saving grace is a that he's not a household name uh, that the flash hadn't already come out that is not due to come out till next year um, but considering that the new head of Warner Brothers I think his name is Zaslav has already has said that he's trying that his goal is to get DC um, to finally do what we've been saying they should do is to try to get DC on the same level as Mar as the MCU, um, and maybe Flash is supposed to be part of their jumping their new jumping off point. Uh, what do you do with this two hundred dollar movie uh, when you have a star who probably there's no telling what is going to happen between now and next year? Um, they say he's they've tried to reach out and help him, 
but it's not it's not getting better um well they said they're recasting him anyway this is yeah this is his one movie and they spent millions of dollars so it's coming out whether yeah you know, we think so or not, um, because it's part of the revamp of what the um, DCU uh, should be. Um, I want to see it. I'm going to kind of have to do what people do with football. <laughs> um, I, I want to see it because they're also going to have like Black Adam, The Rock is going to be it, you know, all of that. Um, look, uh, to get to MCU universe, you need to pick actors. Um, first of all, Ezra Miller was a weird person before they casted him as The Flash. And people talked about that. Like, why him? Um, there was questions about the casting of The Flash when he was first chosen. Um, and it was ignored. Um, they need to get to the point where they they pick actors who are known but not well-known. They need one very well-known actor like the MCU did um, because they did that with Robert Downey Jr. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was the star and then everything else was um, created around him and his character and then it branched out from there. Um, They need to do that because the actors that they have been choosing, um, that that has not happened at all um they could have done that with ben affleck but you know he got his own issues as well um so i would hope that um maybe jason momoa yeah uh, i i um, think gal gadot well you know but yeah. yeah like you said no one's perfect everyone's gonna have the issues they're they're still human we we all make mistakes i get that um i and like i said i agree with you i think the problem with affleck um maybe there there's no going back probably because we both agree um we've never talked about batman but i thought robert i thought robert pattinson did a great job as batman i thought bruce wayne was a little bit but i understand given the way the movie was that um it, it so maybe to continue to build around him, I, I, that movie actually turned out better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I love, I, and I, and I, I, I hate that we never really discussed it, but you know, him as emo Batman and you get, you understand once you watch it, why it was so emo. I got it. I understood it. So maybe they can continue to build with him and keep a consistent Batman. Um, my problem with Batfleck is I don't think he was ever given the right material. Uh, to play to 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 be the Batman that we thought he was going to be, um, Henry Cavill wasn't a bad Superman. Again, I just don't think they gave him the right material to they they didn't write the right movies for him to be Superman. And now we're kind of past that, maybe. So I don't know. Um, the problem, and I agree with you. I I knew who Ezra Miller was because I liked some of his movies. Um, I always thought he was just a little quirky and a little weird. I didn't know he was just blown out batshit crazy like you know um and when I saw him as the flash in in um the justice league I didn't hate it so I was looking forward to the movie and I'm like you I'm still looking forward to the movie I still want to see the movie um and I it's good that they've already made the decision that they're not going to that they're going to recast so that's great um but now it's just a matter of how do you kind of stay face with this movie 
Um, do you do you send it directly to HBO Max? Do you put it in theaters without a whole lot, whole lot of fanfare? Like, um, they're definitely the third option is the most expensive and the least, the one that they're least likely to do, especially considering how long it took them. But part of that was because of COVID. But they've already spent two hundred million dollars on this movie, so they're definitely not going to reshoot it. Um, so, what do you think, A or B? Um, H, send it straight to HBO Max, or do you put it in the theaters? Put it no in the theater. What? And and Monopoly. Look, they put it in the theater. Their promotions are around how fucking weird he is. But, but no, there's no bad press. Okay, bad press is still good press as long as you can spin the story. So I would say they need to get off their ass and spin this story to sell the Flash. Flash is supposed to be an awkward kid anyway. He's supposed to be this awkward nerdy kid. So sell it. All right. But then also make sure you let people know you're recasting him. This is his one and only movie. And the reason why people need to go watch The Flash is because you watch The Flash for the revamp of the DCU. Okay, you're going to be recast, but we got other characters that I need you to get to know who they are because they're going to be in the other movies. Like, come on, like, where's your PR? Like, like, where's their PR on selling this? You know, like, they need to sell it. Robert Downey Jr. was a addict. <laughs> he was, granted, phenomenal actor. Okay, even when he was high. <laughs> but, um, but he was an addict and revamped his image and they put him as the head of the revamped image of Marvel. And it worked. It was marketing on how they got that to work. And I still think they can do it with The Flash. That's, I'm yeah. getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, the allegations, and that's the thing. Do you, and I agree with you. I think it should be in the theaters. And that was a, the other part of the story, was the PR about it. Do you put it out there and you focus on like Batgirl and Black Adam and the other characters who are going to be in it. Because unless he gets his shit together over the next year, gets into rehab, goes to whatever, gets whatever help he needs, there is no way, especially with these allegations out there about him, that you can tout out Ezra Miller and put him on a fucking press tour. There's no way. Um, so their saving grace at this is A, he's not a household name. Every time something happens, he's not necessarily trending on social media. The trades are carrying it, um, you know, and of course, we read the trades to just to kind of to get the news. But um, it's, he's not all, he's not so big where he would have been trending, where he's trending every single time on social media. So, um, like I said, the, the fact that this that, that this is a year for now, literally, um, quite literally, pretty much a year to the date from the release date, I think that's also a saving grace. So they have some time to figure out what they're going to do. Now, one of the interesting things about recasting this, since we, we're talking about it and we know it's going to happen, one of the names I've seen floated out there was Dylan O'Brien. What did you? What do you think? I'm a huge no. Dylan O'Brien fan. You don't think no. he would be good as a pet? Clash? No, he's become an asshole. Dylan O'Brien's become an asshole? From Teen Wolf, right? Yeah. He's too big for his britches now. How did he get too big for his britches? Because he won't do the Teen Wolf reunion. He didn't do the Teen Wolf reunion because he was standing with Art and Cho, who, who was being paid considerably less than her white female counterparts for coming back. First of all, she's not that big of a character. She was his love interest for two seasons after Allison died. Eddie. 
let's be honest. She wasn't that big of a character and she wasn't beloved. The fans did not like her character. They were okay when she left. They, they didn't miss her. She's not on the same level on coming back as the other woman. I forgot her name. What is it? Car no, not that's not Kara. Oh, I forgot I forgot what the woman's name is. Um, his first love interest. Like, oh. I understand Arden Cho's thing, but I don't feel that she was the household name of the Teen Wolf franchise enough well, to request to be paid the same amount as the other characters who were coming back who were more popular and more um, important to the series. Like, you weren't a beloved character. That's just me. No, I I disagree. I think she 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 was there for two seasons. She obviously she was beloved enough for you to bring her back. I actually liked her caricature. I hate the way that that I hate the way that she was written off with no real closure. I hate I hated that. Um, she was there for longer than the time that Allison was actually there. So if if you if you can't don't lowball me, you know because of that if you're asking me back you're asking me back to do the work and to do the same work if you're just, now if her demands were if they were just trying to get her in for an episode or a cameo and she's expecting the same money then yeah that's a problem but if you're asking me to come in and do the do the work do the heavy lifting do the same amount of work then you need to pay me the same or something comparable so it's business and he he says he was he's standing with her by so I don't think that he's too big for his britches. Maybe there's another reason he didn't want to come back. I don't know. I know that him and oh boy, the guy, the lead, they're, they're, Tyler Posey, they're still like the best of friends. So um, I don't think that's it. So maybe it was that, or maybe he wanted more money. I don't know. I can only go by what he said. So I understand it. I understand for both perspectives. I'm going to miss not having Styles in the Teen Wolf movie because he was one of my favorite characters and I love Dylan O'Brien. So who would you, and, but going back to that, I don't necessarily know that I see him as the Flash. Do you have any ideas besides um, Grant Gustin who- I wouldn't want Grant Gustin to be it either. I, I don't either. I'm all flashed out on him. Believe it or not, I've even stopped watching the Flash. Like I haven't seen one episode this season and I don't miss it. I don't intend to go back and watch it like I'm over him as the Flash. Um, is there someone else you could see playing that role? No. Now you got me thinking. I know, huh? Oh, gosh. I prefer no name. Like someone who is on a lesser known TV show, um, but is making a name for himself, um, who can be casted. Um, like a Tom Holland. You know, oh, a lesson. Yeah. Like yeah he, Tom like, Holland was um was a lesser known actor who they casted and completely grew from being casted as Spider-Man. And I think that um look, people may say that DC is copying um people may try to say that DC is copying um MCU. But let's be honest, y'all. MCU copied DC first. I'ma just put that out there now. 
okay? So I feel it's only right that DC gives them a taste of their own medicine, but then does it better because I feel you have better characters. So um, let's let's follow the template of what Marvel did in order to be as huge as they are. Um, it's a success. Let's do it that way. Y'all should be sitting in a room talking about making those little moves that Marvel did at the very beginning so you can dominate in movies the way that you dominated in TV up until recently when the Disney Plus Marvel series have completely like surpassed um, the DC series. I need them to get back to where they were. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, okay. are we going to have to have another Marvel versus DC episode? <laughs> Probably. Uh, okay, so here's some of, I, I just looked it up because I, I, I drew a blank too after Dylan O'Brien. Um, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say, I don't necessarily see it, but it could happen. But here's some of the people that they're saying, like Finn Wolfhard from, from Stranger Things. He looks like he could be a good nerdy Barry Allen. Um, Will Poulter. Um, oh, Andy, no, he's not cute enough. Andy Samberg, no. Um, this list has Dylan O'Brien, um, Glenn Powell. I don't know if I necessarily see him. And of course, He's all the lists ha- all the lists have Grant Gustin. No, Miles um, Teller. Hell no. Too old. Uh, Joe Curie um, from Stranger Things. He he. You don't watch Stranger Things, do you? I do not, and I never. He's would. one. He's one of the people. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Um, Timothy <gasps> Shallow. Timothy Shallow. Jordan Fisher was on that was, was on one of the lists I saw. Um, yeah, I think they could. Cause he he looks young. I, I need a young actor. I need a young actor. Like let's the Flash should be the teenager of the group. I need a young actor to play the Flash to grow from there. Um, Jordan Fisher can he looks young. Um, who did you say? Decree Montgomery? No. No, absolutely not. Um, Karen. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. Mm-mm. No, I say no to that. He's too old. Um, you have, there's a dude, or I have another list. There's a dude, um, Theodore Pellegrin. I don't, I've never heard of him. I don't know. Did you say Timothy is. Chalamet? Yeah. He was on one list I saw. Oh my God. Can I say how much I would love him, but I do feel that he's still too old for the role, but I am in love with that dude. Like, oh. uh, Timothy Chalamet, he's actually not too old. Um, I think he could probably do it here. Check check your thing. I just sent you the same list I'm looking at, so we can kind of go through it together really quick. Um, Finn Wolfhard. Who? He, he's, he's from Stranger Things. No, not cute enough. Oh, wait, um, you know what? He got the look, though. Yeah, I told you. That's when when I said he could look like Barry Allen. Um, you have Tanner Buchanan. Um, he was from He's All That, and he also stars in Cobra Kai. No, because she's He's All That was a crappy movie, so I just can't see him in anything better. Um, this next dude from the Umbrella Academy, Barry Keen. I, I no, I don't see it unless he changes his look. Do you see how um, old that face looks? Oh, ooh, this is a good one. Jonah Howard King. He's not too well known. He looks like he could do it. He he kind of has that goofy looking thing about him. Hmm. Okay, Eddie, I am liking this one. Oh, Austin Butler. No. I can see it. No, he's too cute. He's too cute. 
Aaron Taylor. He, he won't pull off the nerdy. He won't pull off the nerdy. Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think, might be too Whoa. old, and also I think they wanted. I think he would be better at just serving with um the fantastic. I think he would be better as as, as a role in the Fantastic Four. Honestly, <gasps> Johnny Storm. Yeah, I can um, see him as Johnny Storm. And this list has Dylan O'Brien, also. Um, the for me, the jury's still out on him. Yeah. Um, and then Timothy Chalamet, and of course, let's see if number one is Grant Gustin. Look at that show. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm still on number two. And then I number one, perfect. Oh, he'd be perfect. Number one is Grant Gustin. So, um, all the lists seem to have Grant Gustin, but I'm I'm just I'm over. I think they just have him because he's the Flash on TV. On TV, yeah. Okay, so my so. number one vote is going to be for Timothy Chalamet. All right, and if not the Flash. He needs to be brought into the DC universe, like <laughs> definitely. No, no, no. And I'm, I take take put the, to the side the fact that I have the same reaction to him that I had to Colin Farrell the first time I saw him. But um, I think that he would be he his his stardom is going up, but it's not so high that he can't be in a superhero movie. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. He has that like dark mysterious but he can also be like a player but he can also be a nerd kind of thing so he got multiple roles he can play um whichever one they want to give him like i think like he would be great to be brought into the dc universe that's me just giving my outside view without looking at the fact that he's just absolutely gorgeous and i feel like they should definitely have him and then my second choice would be the the jonah guy i think you said the British dude, Jonah Pierre Hall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Jonah Hewer King. Yeah, him. Yeah. I think he would do um he would be a phenomenal choice as well. Yeah. Um the uh, I'm not opposed to Tony And Finn Wolfhard would be my third choice. There you go. That's a good list. I like that list. Um, I'm not a cho- I'm not opposed to Timothy Chalamet. I will probably say no because um Doom. Um, the popularity of Dune, and I think it has. I think it has. Was Dune popular? Yes, it was hugely popular. Um, that means they're doing a second one, right? Yeah, and and Zendaya. Okay, I'm in love with that movie. Yeah, um, Z- Zendaya is getting more airtime um, in the second one, more screen time, a lot more. Of course, she is. Um, well, and people were mad because she didn't have. They were like, "How can you hype her up like that and not give her?" But you know. Uh, but also, I think it. I think I want to say it has at least two more sequels already green lighted. So or greenlit. So we'll see if that if he were actually chosen, if his schedule would allow for that. So I don't know. It's interesting um, talk about the Flash and what they're going to do. Okay, so I think we've got all of our to be continued. So moving on to new stuff. Um, I'm just going to call this the caucasity because I. I don't know, you know, James Patterson, world-renowned, international best-selling author of hundreds of thousands of mystery books. Um, he seems to think that older white men face their own type of racism. The caucasity of it all. <laughs> um, and his his quote was, "You don't see a lot of fifty-two-year-old white male actors out 
uh, um, writers. And I'm like, you don't, I, 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 Stephen King? I guess, I don't know. Starting, my thing is this, dude. You don't see a lot of people getting their start at that age. And if you want, if his argument would have been better if he was going for ageism. Um, he may, I'm not going to say he's never faced discrimination. I'm not, I can't say that, but I can say without a doubt, he's never faced racism. Um, ageism and racism are two completely different things. Um, and at this point you are damn near a billionaire from the work that you've done. Um, you just released a every time he releases a book, whether he co-authors with someone else, the book he wrote with Bill Clinton was a number one bestseller on the New York Times list. The book he wrote with Hillary Clinton was a number one bestseller on the New York Times list. He just released a book a few weeks ago with Dolly Parton, which is on which hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list and is already greenlit to become a movie, which she is co-producing. So he he basically shits gold um, at this point and vanity fair did a great article a, a few years ago about how much of this is he actually writing like they the rumors about him being a drake and having a ghostwriter have been out there for years just because of the way he mass produces and writes so many books a year um and co-writes and so they are like he could actually just put down four words and pass it along and get his name on there as the author or the co-writer. I'm not saying he has a ghostwriter. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that I heard the he does. Way, you know, the way the machine works, it, it would make it would lead you to believe, you know. So at this point, it's just like, dude, if you if you were gonna go with ageism as a form of discrimination, I can wholeheartedly get behind that. I can. And as you can know, as you can attest, I don't talk about my age. Um and when people ask me, I just say, I'm older than I look, I'm older than I act, I'm older than I sound. And the reason I say that is because I don't want anyone coming back at me about, oh, you shouldn't dress that way. You shouldn't act that way. You're too old to do this. You're too old to do that. You're too old to have such a fascination with Mickey Mouse. You know I love, you know I'll cut a motherfucker over some Mickey Mouse. You, you, <laughs> yes. you, you know that. Okay. Um, I have a Mickey Mouse blanket. I have Mickey Mouse plushies. I have Mickey Mouse backpacks. Anything with Mickey Mouse on it, I'm getting it. I just ordered Mickey Mouse water bottles. Uh, you know, so it, it's like I love Mickey Mouse. And it, to me, it doesn't really matter. You're never too old. As long as you're alive, you're never too old. You're alive, you're healthy, go for it. You change, you grow, your dreams change, you go. You have different chapters and different stages of your life. Just live it to the fullest. So if, if his argument was about ageism, I could get with that. And that type of discrimination, I can understand that. But for you to actually say white men experience racism? Get the fuck out of here. I'm with you. Like, get the fuck out of here. I, I, I don't even know where. The, the caucasity is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then... And then for you to be one of those men who I just said, you sh you wake up and you shit money, okay? You put your name on a book and it's going to be automatically hit the New York Times bestseller list. Whether you've written a word of that book or not, just having the James Patterson name on it. Let's talk about the books of yours that get made into movies. You know, you, you one of your most famous series stars a black detective, Alex Cross. You know, 
Um, so let's not even pretend. And again, you know, he it, at least he didn't try to make it a saga. He just he created a character, a great character who happens to be a black man. Uh, but you know, he he didn't try to write this whole thing about the black experience. So I can appreciate that much at least. But. I, I the comments I I was lost on that and of course once he got reamed he went back and tried to apologize and clean it up a little bit but you know the capacity of it all <laughs> that's where you are huh so that's what we say when they that is that going to be our new phrase when they just say something completely you said it first that. and I love like when I mean when I sent you this story and you responded back the caucasity i bust out laughing like i was just like that is a perfect any response to this story i was just like it's perfect so like now i'm like it has stuck like i say that now telling you like yo when i like the first time i ever heard it was when you sent it and ever since then i'd be like yo the caucasity of it all right <laughs> Caucasity of it all. <laughs> That's it. Like, like they're not like, dude, really? What the fuck? So <laughs> that that's where I am on that. Like, I, I'm just, I, I'm just beyond. And I, I, you know, some of his books they become a little formulaic, but I let him do his thing. And I'm not gonna say I haven't read them because I did read some of the Alex Cross series. Um, and I, I have to say, it's rare for me to go back and read a, mo- a book after I've read the movie, after I've seen the movie. Usually I try, if I have an interest, I usually try to read the book before I see the movie. But um, the Alice Crossons with Morgan Freeman, they were so good. I went back and I read those books after the movie. And, um, you know, so I'm not going to say I haven't read James Patterson. Um, I'm a casual fan of James Patterson. He's not one of those authors that every time he writes something, I have to go out and read it. But I have read his books. Um, I did want to read the one with Dolly Parton. I might still read it just for her because I love me some Dolly. But uh, yeah, he he can suck a big dick at this point. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm uh, it, oh, shit, whatever. That's a big one though. <laughs> yeah. Um, he might enjoy it. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on. Speaking about next chapters, and I know we'll probably talk about this more in our K-pop series, but um, BT, BTS um, announced that they are taking their hiatus, um, that they're going on hiatus after their comeback, uh, more so to pursue solo careers um, and to just kind of come back together um, as a group. Um, and did you see the, did you see the special where they announced it their festa dinner? Ah uh, no, I did not. Um, I mean, I watched I, cli- I watched clips, but I didn't watch the whole thing though. No. I watched it and I watched where they announced it and I when they when they I was I'm not surprised because an anthology album after your 10th after your ninth year, which is an odd year, I was like that's usually an even number anniversary thing, but okay, and I kind of get it. And Watching the video, watching the festa, and listening to their reasoning behind it, you get it. Um, they've been doing this since they were 13, 12, 13, 14 years old. You, we don't know how long they were training before they actually came together as the group, but they've been together for at least 10 years. Um, and they're all very talented individuals. And sometimes you got to step, 
you got to step away um, and kind of grow on your own a little bit and figure out who you are as a man because you don't want to make the same music that you made as a kid. You're not that same person. So, um, and you get the, you get the whole, you get the, I never got the sense that they were breaking up from, from, from this at all. They didn't say they were breaking up. They just said exactly what it is. They're taking a break. They're doing their own thing. And I also think the timing is perfect just in case they can't officially get out of military duty. This is the perfect time for them to go into, to, to start sending them into the military because you also know that this is not a group that would perform with just part of the group. So, um, but it is costing Heidi a lot of money. They, when, the, when it was first announced, their stock plummeted. Um, last week it recovered a little bit, but they're still losing money from this. Um, and people are like, and I'm like, but they're not breaking up. It's kind of like a dot seven thing to me. That's the way I looked at it. What'd you think? Um, so I know I watched a clip of, um, RM talking and, um, RM has said some, some things, uh, similar and what he's what he said was that um or kind of what he was hinting at was um yeah they've they've been they've been working at it for 10 years but um for the last uh three years like they have not had a break at nope. all like they 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 just been moving constantly constantly doing something constantly doing something else the amount of responsibilities that was put on their shoulders because of their popularity and um, another thing was that rm made the comment that they wanted to get back to who they were as bts and i felt like part of what he was saying was before they allowed um western influence on the decisions that they made about their music um because the comments that he he was making was was leaning towards that idea. Um, they have heard the fans who have said that um, they've slowly lost what made them special um, because of how focused they were on getting a Grammy, getting a Grammy, getting a Grammy. Um, and it didn't work. And so um, they want to go back to the drawing board and go back to, you know, focusing on what made them who they are, what made them BTS. So I am all for that because I've been saying that for the last year. Um, and look, <laughs> yes, they can, pro they, they, they can definitely um, promote uh, without the full seven members. Um, because what I think is going to ultimately happen if they do have to serve in the military, the vocal line is what is who is going to be pushed to the forefront. I mean, granted, they are the most popular members now, um, but they're going to be pushed to the forefront on um, continuing to put out music because what you realize with the stocks going down as much over this announcement, even though they're not breaking up, is that no matter how much Hive tries to diversify, their whole money business is still completely around BTS. Well, yeah, of course, because without BTS, there would be no hype. Like, but but I, I get that, but they've been trying to diversify for two years, planning for the fact that 
you knew they knew this was going to come at some point and all the decisions that they the business decisions that they have been making to try to um not get hit as hard when this announcement came out did it work it it hasn't worked the the whole like so my thing is that let's say that they have to serve in the military how does like are y'all dead in the water because your whole business even as you diversify you, you change your name. It's no longer Big Hit, but your whole business is still BTS. Like, all the groups that you have under your um, label and everything like that, like, are not going, they're, they're not going to be a safety net. They're, they're not a safety net. And it's, by a business standpoint, um, just seeing all the work that um, Bang put in because, they, because of this, um, like it, yeah, it, it had to hit hard. Like the amount of money that they lost uh, when this announcement came out, even though they're not actually breaking up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I welcome it. I think that they do need a break. I think that they need to figure out who they are as men because um they are very isolated and they are very um restrictive on what BTS can do. And the more popular they become, the more restrictions that are put on them. Um, as individuals, as men in their late 20s, and still they can't live their lives. So I would hope that this hiatus um, allows them to um, live their lives more and figure out who they are without BTS. And see, and I, I, under, I, I get what you're saying, and I understand that. And here's what I say. I, I get wanting to figure out who you are as BTS, but there is no going back. Um, they, they're not, and you can kind of get back to the roots and figure out who you are now as men and the type of music that you want to make in your 20s and going into your, your late 20s, going into your 30s. But they're and getting back to that sound. But for those who say, oh, you need to go back to being BTS, there is no going back to being BTS. It's figuring out who, what, who BTS is in the next phase what type of music they're going to make in the next phase. So people are like, you need to go back to the beginning. They're never going to sound like they sounded in their first albums or their first few albums because that's not who they are anymore. And that's what I got from this. And RM was, and when he was talking, he was like, you know, there's so many things I want to say, but I can't continue speaking for BTS because I'm not just BTS, I'm RM. So there's things that he wants to say in his own music that he can't say. So I, get, I got that feeling so restrictive as BTS and trying to figure out how all seven of them fit in the sound that they want to make. So I, I, I got it. I welcomed it. Um, it, it and I, I, I have to applaud Heidi for the damage control that they did and, or trying to do and, say, and not forcing them right back out there. Um, and like I said, I think it also comes at a time where to see if they would actually be able to get out of the, if they're, what's going to happen with their military because the two the, the extension would be up i guess around uh the end of this year um and jen would have to report um i don't think they would be dead in the water i think they would have to have a plan where they send multiple people in at one time though um it can't be it can't be one then two then three and i also don't think even though they probably could promote I don't think they would promote without a full or majority of the group. So we would just have to see how it goes. And like I said, um, I'm pretty sure we'll talk more about this when we get to our K-pop um, 
special and um, talk about BTS's comeback or their anthology album. Oh gosh, um, the, let's let's not have a full hour cup. That's that's gonna be oh, like gosh. an hour conversation. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not a full hour conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I I do want to say uh, so. What what I will say is on the people that I've talked to who are like bigger fans of BTS than I could ever be in any point of my life, no matter how much um how much I love them. Um, what I continue to hear over and over again was that. Um, they don't want them to go back to the beginning, but they did get tired real quickly of them chasing the Grammy um, because that's that's what they were doing with the English singles. They were chasing the Grammy. And so um, they were happy to hear um, to, to hear the, the new song that they put out. Um, you know, that's what they meant by, you know, go, going back to who BTS BTS was. So when they say that, at least the people that I spoke to, um, they're not trying to say for them to go back to the beginning, um, to like, you know, the spring day, you know, era or blood, sweat and tears era. But they want to go back to before um, Butter and Permission to Dance and um, Universe and um, uh, and Dynamite, um, which obviously was them chasing something that is never going to be given to them. We're going to be honest. It's never going to be given to them. Um, so they, they were very satisfied with this new sound of BTS um, where they go back to um, K-pop music and not these all English singles that they've been putting out. Like at least the people that I spoke to, like that, that was the, that was the point that they were making on um on where they felt BTS needs to go back to. And that's something that RM has said in the past. He's hinted at on them going back to their roots. And when he said that, I got the feeling that he meant the same thing that um, these people meant, which is not going back to the beginning, but going back to before um, they were putting out all these all English um, CDs um, and yeah, songs and um, going back to putting out K-pop music. Well, say because they're a K-pop group, kind of like Monster X, whatever they put out is going to be K-pop, and that's the thing. If and I get it, because some of it you could tell it was Grammy bait, but I didn't have a problem with Butter or Diamond the Mic. But here's my thing for that: is are people going to be disappointed if they do? I wouldn't be disappointed if they did release more English songs or or an, an English album. It's worked for Monster X. Um, you know, and it's, I'm not saying it is to chase a Grammy. I'm just saying it as a different challenge. Um, you know, so it, it's, it, it would be interesting to see where they go with that, what what direction they take and how they do it. Um, all right. So the last story, this one I thought was really, really interesting. Um, what Hollywood is not as LGBTQ friendly as people want to believe. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. It's never been LGBTQ friendly. But you know, in this era of allyship and acceptance and showing relationships on TV and movies and things like that. How many have come out that have shown them? Honestly. Hmm? When you when you look at the amount of movies and TV shows that have come out that have given an honest depiction of the LGBTQ community, um, how many have there been? Um, it's not as widespread as people think. You, I, so I, I spoke to some people about this <laughs> and um, 
what they kind of notice is that when you have one show and the show has a like a, a main character who's part of the LGBTQ community um, and that show becomes really popular, then people look at it and say, oh my God, it's in my face. Like, gosh darn it. Like, why is it got to be everywhere? When it's really not. Um, it's one or two shows um, compared to a hundred shows where they just have um, hetero um, characters um, for all the main characters. So when, when you really look at this, when you sent me the, um, the link and I like read it and I realized I was just like, oh no, this, that's the point. I was just like, when I really think about it, Hollywood has never been LGBTQ, um, had allyship going. Um, they've been about the bottom line, which is what the article talked about. And um, when it was popular, they put out like one hair, two there. Um, but you, when you really think about it, it's not that many. <laughs> it's, it's really not that many. And they've always gone backwards on how much they put out, just based on how much money they can make off of it. I agree. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to, we talked about the ending of Love, Victor. Um, I think that show never really got its full potential. Um, and this season, we talked about it in our review. It actually regressed a little bit. And I don't know if that's because it they premiered it partly on Disney Plus um, and, or what. And I don't know if that's in response to Disney now just having a fuck you stance towards Florida after, you know, forced to speak out um, about the don't say gay bill and Florida didn't like the stance that they took so now it's like they're in a power contest or a power struggle um, oh with Florida's Florida. won that but yeah um, so you know it, it we, we, we'll see but um, I agree um, you know and it, it seems like um and to add on to that, sometimes the more popular a show becomes with the character, that character slowly but surely falls into the background um, and becomes becomes more of a supporting than a main character, especially if it's an ensemble cast. Um, or it's just mentioned that they're gay, but you don't actually see them have a love interest. And that pisses me off, especially if it's a beloved character or a likable character. Um, shows like... And I'm not saying it's just for the sake of writing in a gay character, but I would love to see a show, a hard-ass show like Chicago PD or Chicago Fire. I don't watch Chicago Fire um, too much anymore, but, you know, I'm still all in on Chicago PD. I would love to see a show like Chicago PD have a gay character. Not just for the sake, like I said, not just for token points, but to actually have a gay character. Are you trying to tell me that there aren't any tough, hard-ass gay cops out there? You know what I'm saying? So just just something like that. Like in places where you could put, um, have that representation and show where it matters, you don't have it. And um, the article being about the bottom line, I thought it made a great point um, about China and about Rocket Man. Um, Rocket's Man's success may have been a little bit due to the fact that it was a little bit of a weird movie. It was a good movie, um, but when they compared it to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which did skirt around the issue or the fact that Fred, Freddie Mercury, 
Mercury was great, gay. It never addressed his queerness or his sexuality, um, which you know we know he 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 did not hide um, at all. But uh, you know, so my my point is that we are the only country, or Hollywood is the only that markets our movies internationally for everyone else. Uh, we may get a British movie here. We may see a British movie here every now and then, but they're not marketed towards our market. China doesn't make movies for us. that they, they And they have a very big entertainment industry. Uh, the same with Bollywood. Uh, you know, we can places and find those movies and see those movies, especially with Netflix, you know, and some and some of the others offering uh, having an international slate of movies or international offerings. But it, it, it surprised me and it didn't surprise me, um, I guess, fr from the fact of just how much consideration goes into where else these movies can play. But those other countries don't do that for us. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So I, I, I was just surprised. And then my thing is, everything is not for everyone. Because the one movie that they mentioned with Billy Eichner about that, that bros movie, I'm like, oh, so what are you going to do? Are you going to just market that for the U.S. market? Because you know it's not going to get into China. So it, it, to me, it's like, why, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're telling these stories, and you're telling them for a specific audience, who cares if they want to buy it in China? You know, it, it's not necessarily made for the Chinese audience. Yeah, but China sense? has... Um... I, under I understand the marketability. I understand that. And, and, I, and I get there are certain movies, like a big blockbuster movie, like let's say the, Mission the new Mission Impossible movie, which from the trailers, I'm pissed off that we have to wait another year because that movie looks good. Um, I understand you're going to be marketing that type of big blockbuster internationally. I get that. I get the dollars in a sense. But what I'm saying is not every single movie that comes out of Hollywood has to be has to be an international blockbuster. And if that's the way you're making certain movies, if you're if that's the scale you're putting certain movies on, then that's a bad business model. I know the DC ah. movies. It is if if that's how you if that's how you're going after every single movie that you make because not every single movie is going to live up to that. I get there are certain movies, your DC movies, your Marvel movies, your big action hero movies. I understand that scale, and yes, they should be put on that scale. Um, some of your Disney Pixar movies, some of those, you know, like the whole Lightyear thing, the whole Lightyear controversy. I understand that to a certain extent, but every single movie you make is not an international movie. It's not. And it's not going to have international appeal. And you shouldn't make it with that market in mind. But so I would I, I hear what you're saying, but I disagree um, because they're not marketing. Every movie is not marketed to the Chinese market. Every movie is not marketed to the Asian market. Um, but uh, Rocket Man and um, Oh my God, was it called Queen? No, Bohemian Rhapsody, sorry. Um, was blockbuster movies. They weren't superhero movies. They weren't action flicks, but they were big movies that were being marketed around the world. That's business. Like you want to make the, mo the money, the most money that you possibly can. I am definitely wanting my movie 
to be marketed in China because China is the biggest movie market in the world. I definitely want my movie to because they go to the movies in droves. Um, so if you if you want to make as much money as possible for your movies, you definitely want your movie to be in the Asian market. Um, th that's just automatic. You they they even have it where they're trying to open up the Middle Eastern market as well. Like you want your movie because they. They're they're starving for the for the for those movies because even though they make their own movies, nothing is compared to Hollywood movies. All right, America is number one on making movies in the world. I sure enough want to make as much money as I can um, in every single market that I can market my movie to. Um, so the decisions that are made that um, um, majority of countries are homophobic. I'm going to have to change the way that I make my movies. I'm going to have to change characters that are in my movies. I'm going to have to make it very ambiguous on certain ideas um, that I am putting out there because I want the money. Because if you're running that, if you're running a studio, it's all about making money because when a movie flops, I'm not making it again. I'm not making it again. Like Lightyear, no Lightyear 2. Because Lightyear flopped. No Lightyear 2. Cause it flopped, um, and they're gonna chalk it up to you know the the um, the lesbian kiss. I think it's partly on the movie the um, decisions that uh, Pixar made to um, put it in, then take it out, and then being forced to put it back in, and still trying to market it around the world. Um, to let's be honest, countries that are not as open minded and liberal as we are, um, or as we pretend to be, because a lot of times it's us pretending rather than actually being. Um, so yeah, I'm like I just feel like it's good business to want to make as much money as possible because that's what the movie industry has always been about. And nowadays, making money in the Asian market is where it's at. And so you're going to have to um, make some tough decisions. It's going to make you look bad in America. It, it is, but if you want to make that money in China, you're going to have to change your movies. Like that's just decisions that studios have to make. And, and I hate it, but again, that's how it goes. And again, I understand that. The whole light year thing could have been easily resolved. Just take it out in those markets. It wasn't like it was a central part of the movie. Just take that one scene out in the market. It's not the first time it's been done. It won't be the last time it's been oh, done. Oh, it's flopped in America. Oh, I understand that. I do. I get that. You know, I, I, and I, I, I wholly get that. And sometimes a movie can be a flop here, but because it does so well internationally, it gets that. It gets that. And I understand the whole business model of it. But every single movie should not that way there's some movies where you know that going in that this is a movie that is going to be an american movie that this is a movie that i can sell in certain european markets certain american markets in the american markets european markets but maybe not in asia and i get how much they go to the movies but can you what give me I'm an example of a smaller movie because i can't i i can't so i i hear i hear what you're saying but i can't think of a movie that would apply to what you're saying do you have like, like an example of like a movie that would apply to what you're saying? Here's the thing. Okay, I here, okay, we'll go back to a movie that we've already used. Um I will say, excuse me. We'll go back to um Rocket Man. You knew Rocket Man had was not you knew Rocket Man was going to be overt in its homosexuality because of Elton John and there was no way he was going to allow you to skirt around the issue of who he is or or, you know, how he lives his life or his sexuality. So 
for you to even try to go into the mindset that you were going to be able to get that movie into the Chinese markets, into uh, or to the Asian markets, into the Middle Eastern markets, that was naive on your part. That was bad planning. That was bad business to even figure them into because there's no way you could chop up that movie to where that it would be acceptable in those markets. So for you to figure that into your calculations as to whether or not the movie was a success or a failure, to me, that's bad planning. And I get what you're saying. Yeah, to a certain extent, you are going to market it to a global audience, but that's a movie that you know is going to be basically your Western markets, not just in America, but your European markets, okay? And to some extent, maybe your South American markets. But you know that's not a movie that's going to sell um, in your Asian Middle Eastern market. So for you to even attempt to do that was bad. On, it was a bad planning on your part. You just have to get to the point that everything is not for everyone. The bigger ones, yeah, I understand. Because we make enough of those movies. We do. But, and again, and until COVID, we were the biggest market, uh, movie market. And then, you know, China rushed and got their movies and their market open faster than we did. So they've overtaken that. But before then, we were number one. And what I'm saying is China doesn't give a sh China never gave a shit about that. They didn't make movies to market over here for us. You know, but they're not before, Hollywood. And but I get that. But for them to be in the biggest market for us to have been the biggest market, it seems like, yeah, we want to get we want to get a chip out of that. Korea. They don't make movies, and they have damn good entertainment. That's what I'm saying. Everyone doesn't do that for us. And, and, and again, everything is not for everyone. There are certain movies that you make, and you just know where you can sell that movie. I'm not you don't want to watch their movies. And some, some of them we would if we gave them a chance, but I, and I think you're missing my point. No, no, no. I, 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 Eddie, I, I fully get what you say. Like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. My thing is, is that um, in America, we don't care to watch Chinese movies or movies I, from other from other countries. And I it's not going to make they're not going to make any money. So why would they market to like they're not going to make any money? Every movie we make should not. Every movie that we make, and I understand you're going to have those movies, and I understand a lot of those movies will be the vast majority of those movies just because of how movies are, of of what's selling those big drawn out. You know, if, if they could find a way to keep Fast and Furious fresh, I'm sure there would be 50 more Fast and Furious movies, I, you know. But what I'm saying is not everything is for everyone. And to go in and try to make all of your movies based on that calculation is bad business. And that is part of the reason why streaming is cutting in to the movie, the movie industry. Because in some cases, you can find better movies on streaming. Some of the movies that are made specifically for Netflix, specifically for Prime, specifically to show on Hulu. Some of those movies are better than what's in the movie theater because they're not taking that into consideration. Some of your indie films, and that's how you got the rise of the indie films because they're not necessarily banking on that. And for a long time, before they became more quote unquote mainstream, a lot of the actors knew, hey, if I'm going to chase this Oscar glory, then I have to go make that indie film. I have to take less money and I have to go make that indie film because it's not going to be in that big blockbuster thing. 
So that's what I'm just saying. There's a lesson to be learned. I understand the article and I understand what they're saying. And I understand that, yes, you do want to make a lot of your movies, the majority of your movies, your big action flicks, your big star turns. You want to make those so that they can be marketed in other markets, especially those big international markets. But every single movie that you make, no, everything is not for everyone. That's your bad business. You know, streaming does it as well. Netflix has changed a lot of their, um, a lot of their uh, movies. Like they, they, they've changed like certain movies with certain scenes that they feel they can't market as well on Netflix and other countries. They've, they've changed their um, streaming services. Have also changed um, their their content in order to um, match other. Um, to match other market, like I, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I look at it as in, it's horrible to say, but if I am a studio exec, I don't think they market every single movie to the Chinese market. Um, it is mainly just blockbusters um, that they're mar- that they're marketing over there, or movies that they want to be blockbusters um, that they're marketing over there, because it's something as simple as the Statue of Liberty in. Um, one of the movies that the article talked about and how they kind of went back and forth because China didn't want to show the movie until they took the scene out. And they finally was just like, no, we're not taking the scene out. So it's either you don't show the movie and you got a lot of people upset in your country or you show the movie with the Statue of Liberty, something as simple as that. Um, so I think like when it comes to blockbusters, you're go- like it's just how the market goes now. They're going to have to cater to other markets and China just happens to be the biggest market right now. Um, but when it comes to like smaller films, it really is just America that they're, they're focusing on or Europe that they're focusing on. But those big, big blockbusters, oh, they're going to have to change some scenes oh, yeah, um, I, or they're going to have to nego- negotiate, but they don't market every single movie to the Asian market. Not not every movie. Not not every movie, but there's a calculus that goes into it. I mean, I get it. Trust me, I get it. Um, Is that being part of the industry or that I want to be a part of? And every day, I ask myself why. But um, I I understand the calculus that they make, and I understand the marketing. And some of it is here and dealing with our own prejudices, like you said. I think we kind of got away from what we were originally talking about about being LGBTQ friendly. Um, would Chicago PD still be as popular as it was if it added a gay cop? Grey's Anatomy is. Um, and I, and, and, but is it more acceptable, you think, with hospital shows? Like, I love Grey's Anatomy, and I think they did a great job in adding the transgender, or uh, not the trans, but the non-binary character. And all, of, you know, so uh, would, would it be more acceptable? Like, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I would love to see it, not just for, not just to have the token gay cop, um, just to say, hey, but to actually have a character come in and, you know, or create a show, a cop show, one of those tough shows with a gay character, you know. So um, I get it. I, I, and I agreed with the article. I didn't, have, I didn't have any disagreements. Hollywood is not as friendly to the LGBTQ community as it wants to pretend Hollywood like is it is. not as friendly to Black people either, or Hispanics, that, or Asians. Thank you, people, color, minorities, <laughs> anybody... Look, anybody that can check that other box, no matter what your other is, oh, you know, Hollywood is... I got the perfect response to this. What? The caucasity of it all. (laughs) That is perfect. Okay. I got... I got... got, We went a little bit over, but there was a lot to talk about. I got our palette cleanser. You ready? Go for it. 
I stopped telling you about these because I, I like hearing your expression. I, I, I love the expression. Okay, so you know it's summertime and we we're talking about how it's just hot as fuck out. I think you said it topped off what, 106 today in Houston or close to yeah. 100? Okay, so, um, you know, it's popsicle ice cream season. French's has come up with ketchup popsicles. Get the fuck out of here. What? <laughs> Who's eating ketchup just to eat unless you're like really, really poor when we used to eat ketchup sandwiches? You ever had a ketchup sandwich, Eddie? No, nah, dog. I skipped that. As much as I love ketchup, no, nah, I skipped that part. No, <laughs> was... that's when you real poor. When you put ketchup on it, you act like there's a hot dog in the middle of it. No. Nah, I'm sorry. Like, it, a we, popsicle we, you, that's ketchup. We at least had the cheese to go in between it. No. <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, yeah, and I love ketchup. Um, I'm the person who eats ketchup on everything. Everything. I'm the person who goes to a five-star restaurant and asks for a side of ketchup on a brilliantly cooked steak. Um, they bring it. They look at me like I'm sucking. They look at me like I'm I have barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce they, is my thing. But they bring it to me in the little silver container. And I'm like, tell the chef, no offense, it's just me. It's me in my in my day classiness. <laughs> Or classlessness, whatever you want to call it, just tell the chef it's me. It's no, it's no offense to him. And oh, this is gonna flop. Her excellent cooking. This but, is gonna yeah. flop. The the ketchup popsicle. Yeah, it's gonna flop. It, so it'll disgusting. never be back. It will not be back next year. Well, you you never know. Next year they might try mustard or mayonnaise. No, they just need to do the pickles. <laughs> oh, the pickles. They haven't already. I would be surprised if they're already a a pickle pickle popsicle because people really love um, pickles Pickles and pickle juice. That would probably sell better than it would sell better than um, ketchup popsicle. Wait, that was my that was my um, palate cleanser. It was. I mean, I thought you were going to be talking about like a cute per like somebody cute or something like that. Like I thought you were going to throw out like. J-Hope comeback on July 15th or something like, okay, I guess. So. Okay, J-Hope comeback on July 15th. <laughs> and while he's at, while he's performing at Lollapalooza, you can go hope that they have your ketchup pop. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, well, that does it for this episode of The Rewind. Please be sure to listen, like, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart. We're everywhere. We're growing, growing, growing. Thank you for growing with us. Um, you can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment pop culture news as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at the Popcorn Wine Down. That's it. That's the plug. Poppity pop pop pop. pop. Um, thank you for always. And thank you as always. And until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.